verses 1 through 4. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man with filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing fine clothes and say to him, You sit here in a good place, and you say to the poor man, Sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? So partiality is the inclination to favor one party or one side of a question more than another. Or to put it in a different way, partiality would be to treat someone differently based on your own personal opinion or perception of that person. So in these verses, he gave the example of a rich man and a poor man. And many times we can look at someone and start judging them based on their outward appearance. We can judge them on the color of their skin. We can judge them on how much money they have, what kind of job they have, how many friends they have. We can judge them on their facial features. We can judge them on how they smell. We can judge people in a lot of really horrible different kinds of ways. We can be pretty horrible individuals sometimes. You can judge people on just about anything, but we are told here to judge people on these things is evil. And this type of behavior is forbidden by God. In verse 5, he says, Listen, my beloved brethren, has not God chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? Here he is reminding his readers that Jesus did not come to save the rich. Jesus came to save the poor and afflicted. And those who love Jesus, no matter how poor, even if they were homeless, they are rich and have inherited the eternal kingdom of God, which can never pass away, and which no man can take from them. We could be the poorest person in the world, but if we have Jesus, we have already inherited much, much more than the man who gained the entire world, because we have not lost our own soul. The riches that we now have are the riches of God. Our souls have been saved, and God's children will walk on streets of gold. And gold is something in this world that if you have a lot of it, you have a lot of power. You can get anything you want if you had all the gold in the world. And I think the significant thing in this is that the streets are paved in gold, and gold is merely something that will be walked on in heaven. It has zero value. In verses 6 and 7, he says, but you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? He's saying, why are you treating the rich better than the poor? The rich are the ones throwing you into prison and blaspheming the name of Jesus, and yet you're showing a special inclination towards those who are famous or have money or the celebrities of the world? They make fun of Jesus, the one that died for you, and yet you're putting them before the poor man. 
Do not treat someone that you think is more important, any different than someone who is poor, just because they aren't popular. In verse 8, he says, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. And as we all know, the golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And so many times we hear that, and especially as adults, I think we can hear that and we can think, oh, that's just something that the little kids have to learn growing up. And yet, have we learned yet? Do we do this every single time? I know that I don't, and I fall short of this each and every day. And this sounds like a very silly thing to get convicted of, but before, if I was to order two medium fries for my wife and, my, for my wife and I, I would eat a bunch of her french fries and then give her that one. I wouldn't want her to do that to me. And this sounds like something that's really insignificant, but even the small things is a matter of the heart. It's where is that coming from? We can do that for pretty much anything. So if we really want to obey God, we are going to love others and treat them the same way that we want to be treated. As a matter of fact, we're not only told to love others like this, but to love them more than ourselves. We are most like Jesus when we are giving away our time, our money, our affection, and we should never, ever, ever do this expecting anything in return. Always think about the love that Jesus has shown you, and this will help you to love others more. In verse 9, He says, but if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. We break God's law whenever we esteem one person better than another. Whenever we choose to place our love and our affection on one individual rather than another, simply based on what we think about them, on their outward appearance, and their money, their friends, we are sinning. But we're not just sinning against them. We are sinning against God, the one who commanded us to love others more than ourselves. And this is something that I don't think we think of as often as we should. God doesn't show partiality. So who do we think we are to treat people this way? We should never be more kind or more loving to one individual over the next. Now, is there, a, is there a righteous judgment based on God's commandments that we have to do sometimes? Yes, but that's not at all what he is talking about here. He's not talking about good and evil. He's talking about the evil of showing partiality against people. In verses 10 through 12, he says, For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, one point, he is guilty of all. For he who said, Do not commit adultery, also said, Do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, 
you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. One thing, if we were perfect from the time we were born until the time we drew our last breath and sinned at one point, we would be guilty of all and suffer God's wrath for all eternity. Because the requirement to get into heaven is perfection. That perfection comes through faith in Jesus Christ, his imputed righteousness unto us. We have to have a Savior, all of us. What we might consider a small sin is not small at all, because we have sinned against the great I Am, the creator of the universe the one who needs nothing, the one who requires nothing. This God that sent his only begotten son, whom he had been in fellowship for eternity past, stepped into time so that we could live and have eternal life, so that we could get immortal bodies and reign with him. This is the Jesus that did that for us, and he's the one who washed disciples' feet. He's the one who is God, the God-man, who stepped into flesh for us so that we could live, and he washed people's feet. I know we don't wash feet. It's a little bit of a different environment now than it was then, but that would have been a very disgusting thing, especially in that time period. Dusty, sweaty, probably haven't bathed in weeks, and God did that? How in the world? It just shows our human depravity. It shows how bad of a condition that we are actually in, that God would do that, and yet we would snark and sneer at someone because they weren't dressed properly, because they didn't, they didn't follow the proper etiquette. But this just brings us to remember that Jesus' life was just as important as his death. He died to take the death penalty. He died so that we could live. But even if he was to take our death penalty upon the cross in all that wrath from his father, that still wouldn't make us righteous. So he lived a perfect life for us and he gives that to us. So when you trust in Jesus, he gives you his righteousness and his perfection. So when he talks about the law of liberty, this is something very important that we have to understand. The law of liberty is not just the freedom to do whatever you want, but this is the freedom to do what God wants. This is the freedom to not be in bondage to your sin anymore. And those who have trusted in Jesus are given the Holy Spirit to live inside them and gives us the ability to obey God, to follow God. He makes us a little more like Jesus each and every day as we follow him and meditate and read his word. We're not in bondage to sin, but we still have to fight against sin. We still have to fight against the flesh. We still have to fight against the sin of partiality and I definitely know in some way, shape, or form, I think I have to fight this just a little bit each and every day. 
Our pride is a very, very, very dangerous thing, and pride is why Lucifer fell. But we're not in bondage to that anymore. Only God's children truly have the ability to please God because without his help, we are nothing. But we are not unequipped. Jesus said that it is better that I go, better that I go away because when I go away, I will send the helper. We are not alone in this world. We don't have to try and love people based upon our own ability because we have no ability to truly love on our own. In verse 13, he says, For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So if we truly understand the mercy that God has shown us and understand that place of dark sin that we have been pulled from, that dark, deep, miry clay that we had no ability to pull ourselves out of, if we truly understood that and thought about that, how much more merciful and how much more loving would we be towards, towards the person in the Walmart parking lot that looks like they could use a little bit of help? Because so many times we see that and we start thinking, oh, I wonder what they did to get in that position. Why don't they go get a job? It starts that quick. We have to fight against that should love others and never show anyone special favor. This world as we know is going to get darker and darker and darker and we are told that in the last days the love of many will grow cold. He's told us that this will happen. But let's make sure that we're not accounted among that group of people. We don't have to be. If we give up if we throw in the towel, yeah, we will be the people that he was talking about here. But we don't have to be. The darker things get, the brighter a light is. And we are the salt and we are the light of the world. But if the salt loses its flavor, then it's worthless. What sets us apart? from the rest of the world. We know that our lifestyle does, yes, but does our love set us apart from other people? Do we truly love our enemies? Do we pray for those who make fun of us for following Jesus? Because we know the truth. We know what happens after they die. We should consider that aspect of things Whenever we are being persecuted, whenever we are being made fun of, we should always consider that. So, don't show partiality to anybody. And in our own way, we should become servants and wash other people's feet. It won't be literally nowadays, but in a world that is hurting and full of evil, I think there's a lot more people that could use some of Jesus' love than we even realize. So let's go out and let's take every single day to actively seek to love everyone that we come in contact with. 
Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you've given us. Lord, I thank you for, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that you've um, given us the Holy Spirit, that we are not alone, that we have the ability to fight against temptation and sin, and we have the ability to truly love one another and to esteem other people higher than ourselves. So I pray that um, as we finish out the week that we would stay fixed and focused on you, that you would guide our steps, guide our hearts, and God, that you would uh, fill us with your spirit and you would give, or, give us a deeper level of compassion for those who are in the world, a deeper level of love um, for all those around us. Help us never to show partiality, but to, uh, to always love others as you have loved us. It's in Jesus' name, amen.